What is up, good people? It is time for the newest edition of Notes by Notes right here on Facebook and YouTube. I got the crew back in the stew. Let's go. K Dot. Let's go. Let's go. My guy. What's up, bro? I'm glad to be back. Hey, man. You miss me? Hell Hello, yeah. You miss me. yeah. Hey, man. Glad to see you, bro. Glad to see you. Folks, before we get started, let me tell you about our friends over at A to Z for skin and hair. A to Z for skin and hair offers a bevy of hair and skin products that have no preservatives and are made with love. Like their rice water, which is used to promote healthy, strong growth of the hair and prevent dandruff. Their moisturizing hair butter for everyday styling and their rapid growth, which is a perfect mix of all natural oils. And I can't forget, y'all already know, the gang gang beard oil which I put on every single day and right before the show. To contact A to Z for skin and hair to find out more about their products, give them a call at 469-674-5567. Once again, that's 469-674-5567. And tell them the crew at Notes by Notes sent you. K-Dot, are you ready for a fire show? Been waiting for this all month long. I've been waiting for this moment. I've been waiting. Let's go! You've heard of hot takes, and you're probably tired of hearing the same old talking heads repeating the same stuff over and over again. The time has come for the game to evolve, and just like in sports, there are a select number of individuals who are leading the evolution of change and pushing the game forward. This isn't just a sports podcast. This podcast is about how life, culture, and sports all meet at one intersection. This is the new wave. This is the new sound. This is the evolution. This is the Notes by Notes podcast, where we discuss life, culture, and sports. What's up, good people? We are back in the studio. Super happy to be back on the air. K-Dot, how, how's everything been, man? How has Thanksgiving been? How's the family? What's going on with hey, you? Fam's good. Turkey was good. Cowboys lost. You know, two out of the three. Like, I, uh, I'm i good with it, you know, but uh, turning things back around. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a good thing that was brought up, too, is NFL, we're, we're blessed because we get the Cowboys every year, right? Yeah. But if you're not a Cowboys fan... It's not the best matchups. It's not like so. The question is, what's better, NFL on Thanksgiving or Christmas Day basketball? Because basketball, you got the best of the best. Your LeBrons, your Stephs, your KDs. They bring out all the good matchups. So, I mean, I'm I'm biased, yes, but NBA on Christmas is the top level talent. I I do love NBA on Christmas because the Dallas Mavericks are starting to get some love on Christmas Day. Mm -hmm. So I enjoy watching some Maverick basketball on Christmas Day. That's phenomenal. But, 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 this year, Christmas Day, no, next year, Christmas Day is going to be on a Sunday. So we'll have Christmas Day basketball and we'll have Christmas Day football. It's like the planets align just right. Perfectly. This is what we've been training for, Jay. So it's what we've been training for. <laughs> exactly. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. wife. And take Monday off. <laughs> Shit's going down. Yeah. This is exactly. This is exactly what dreams are made of, right here. <laughs> so it's like if you don't have two TVs in your house or in the living room yet, now's the time. Yeah. Make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, K Dies, uh, I'm happy to have you back, bro. Um, 
we couldn't put nobody in there to fill that seat because you're so special to the team. So we we appreciate you for being back, man. Yes, sir. So, folks, it's time to introduce a new segment. I think we we did the segment before, but we didn't really give it a grand announcement on the last show that we did. But we have a new segment called Heat Check. So me and K-Dot are going to break down a few topics before we hop into the meat and potatoes of this week's edition of Notes by Notes. K-Dot, are you ready for a heat check? Let's get it. Heat check! Hot, 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 hot. <laughs> All right, so over this past weekend, it was championship weekend in college football. Um, we saw a lot of good games. My favorite game was Michigan versus Iowa because Michigan came out and did what they were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But not only that, since it is since that does mark the end of the college football season, that means that awards were given out. And the Heisman Trophy finalists were released. You have quarterback C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State, quarterback Bryce Young out of Alabama, Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh, and the pass rusher from the big blue, Aiden Hutchinson, named your four final Heisman candidates. And, Kelly, I got to tell you, number one, let's get, let's get this out the way. Kenny Pickett's fake slide in that championship game, I don't care what nobody says. It was genius at the moment. That's some N1 mixtape shit. Like, that was, that was smooth. But he, did, he wasn't down. He nope. didn't give himself up. He wasn't falling. He lit, it looked like he tripped more than anything. And I, I, I see the complaint Ryan Clark brought up. You know, it can lead to some injuries, some targeting. I can see how that could be a you know bad move. But first time never seen that before reminds me back in the days when Dion would fake taking a knee on a kickoff or a punt. Oh you yeah, run that shit back 104 <laughs> yards. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey man, you you got to have some type of you know mystery to what's going on as a quarterback. Yeah. But these four guys being named to the to this list, um. I honestly and truly think, and this is kind of what's happening to the sport of college football, we're starting to get a lot more variety, um, and we're not seeing the same thing transposed each and every year. Um, I I like the four finalists here. You got two quarterbacks, you got three quarterbacks, and an edge rusher who really deserves it. And Kenny Pickett has been playing phenomenal all year. Bryce Young has been stellar, and he has been poised carrying this Alabama team to the number one seed for the college football playoff and cj stroud even though even though they lost to michigan he started off the season rough but he came back in the latter part of the season and performed and performed really really solid so k dot how does this this the four names here how does that land for you what what are you thinking with this i, I think it's pretty typical you say variety and there's still three quarterbacks and, and, and as unfortunate as it is, a quarterback has his hands on the ball every time the offense is on the field, right? So they can directly in, um, impact the game more than any other player. Mm-hmm. So to take it away from any one of those three guys, Hutchinson would have to be just outlandish. Just I mean, I don't see him impacting the game the way that Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud have, right? Yeah. And he's good, yes, but I mean – is he Jadavion Clowney? Is he that dominant? Is he a shoe-in first overall pick? I don't see it. Well, here's the thing about Jadavion Clowney. That that that's a good that's a good uh, comparison when, for sure. But and, I don't think as athletic and as explosive. 
Um, Clowney basically had his whole career made on one play. And the reason I bring that up, because you talked about uh, Pickett with a fake slide. Like, is, is that his – that play is his, you know, highlight reel yeah. for, like, pick me for Heisman. Same Facts. as Clowney. Clowney, like, that – like a bear, just like picking his cub up and just oh, oh, dude, that that hit was gruesome. Like I remember watching it, I was like, oh my god, that dude is not alive right now. That's what I thought. It, it, even people like I don't like football. Watch this, god damn, like <laughs> you got knocked up out, world star. <laughs> well, well, I will tell you this: what the great part about Aiden Hutchinson is: number one, he has the size; number yes. two, he has a motor. The story on him before the Big Ten championship game was phenomenal. He mm-hmm. injured. He was injured during the 2020 season, or he, he got injured during the 2020 season. But this kid here, 14 sacks in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. That, that's pretty good, when, especially with the offensive line recruits that all of the teams have. Corn 14 fed. sacks. That whole conference is corn-fed. Yeah. They're front – yeah, that's, that's a bad place to be. Dude, 14 sacks, two forced fumbles, no interceptions, but – 33 solo tackles, but I couldn't imagine how many positive plays he had, not only for the defensive line, Mm -hmm. but also for the linebackers and that defense in a entirety. Yeah. And and that's what I mean. Impact is huge. We, We talk about Heisman. The Heisman isn't, the Heisman isn't about who the most valuable player is. It's really about, which player is most impactful? And when we talk about Aiden Hutchinson and what he was to that defense, in my opinion, he was the most impactful. And he let he helped lead this Michigan team to a uh, college football playoff appearance for the first time in Jim Harbaugh's tenure. And I think that that's vitally important. Remember, Jim Harbaugh has struggled to beat Ohio State for the past Six seasons. Yeah, Aiden Hutchinson is a reason why Hassan Reddick is a is a or Hassan Reddick. I think that's his name. I can't remember the running back's name, but he's really good. Yeah, but I think Hutchinson is one of those game changing type of players. And honestly, when we talk about the Heisman, it's all about impact. It's not about most valuable. Yeah, and Aiden Hutchinson is has been really impactful. Now, when we talk about Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. I don't think necessarily they have been impactful. I think that they have had some impactful plays. But at the end of the day, C.J. Stroud almost made it to the college football playoff because of who? Ryan Day. Bryce Young is in the college football playoff and kind of got over that hump, beat Georgia because of who? Nick Saban. Well, okay, but he went in against the unquestionable best defense in the country, and had his way with them. Against Georgia? Yeah. They whooped Georgia's ass, and Georgia's defense was scary. You did not know. None of us had Alabama pick going into that game. That's true. So, I wasn't a Bryce Young fan and wouldn't have made a bid for him until that game. That game put him in the running, and I think made him the favorite, honestly. Yeah. Because Bama, it was finally a year. After all the talent they lost the last couple of years, Bama's not going to make it to the uh, to the playoff. Yeah, and now they're number one again. No one picked that, and and on the biggest stage, he stepped up. I mean, <laughs> I, okay, 
you 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 definitely have a point there. I have to agree. Yeah. But his impact was it, it was still kind of close to to end, yeah Alabama. The score doesn't indicate what truly happened. Right. But Michigan and Aiden Hutchinson literally beat up Iowa. Yeah. Who had three top ten wins this year? Beat them up forty two to three. They blew them out convincingly. And that defense held that offense to three points. I mean, say what you want. Georgia, I mean, Alabama couldn't, to a degree, had trouble with Georgia's offense late. Yeah. This team handily defeated, handily defeated um, Iowa in the Big Ten Championship. And then the week before that, they beat Iowa State to even have a shot to be in the CFP. Ohio State. Ohio State. You said Iowa, the, you said Iowa State. Oh, the <laughs> Ohio State. Sorry. I didn't mean to say Iowa. The Ohio State University. You know why they call themselves that, right? And why it's they're a, allowed to. It's a trademark. There's two Ohio State universities. So the Ohio State. So when they say it, there's some leverage behind that. Oh. 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 I got you. Okay. I understand. Or somebody else like the Texas, shut up, A&M. No, no, no. Yeah. Like, the Texas A&M. No, no, no. You're, <laughs> no, no just be quiet. Just be quiet. A&M is garbage. We we already know what that is. Yeah. We already know what that is. I just had to throw that in there. No, no <laughs> real reason. No way relevant to the conversation. <laughs> Look, <laughs> just throw it out in the road, Kelly. <laughs> Kiss my ass, a <laughs> Forget you, A&M, even though your record was better than ours. It doesn't matter. Texas is on its resurgent. You can say whatever you want. They don't have Wi-Fi out there. It's good. <laughs> But I digress. I mean, but also, I mean, we talked about Kenny Pickett to a degree. I mean, Kenny Pickett is a special player. I mean, Kenny Pickett um, put on a stellar season, 4,319 passing yards, 42 touchdowns, and seven interceptions with a QBR of 81.5, which ranked seventh amongst all college quarterbacks. That That's pretty impressive. I mean, 42 touchdowns and – Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud, not so much. He he didn't throw for over 40 touchdowns. But uh, Young and Kenny Pickett did. So at the end of the day, when we're talking about this, in my opinion, I think Aiden Hutchinson, it, I, I would love to see a defensive end get the Heisman. I would love to see yeah. it. Last player to do it, defense. Defensive end? Nope, just defense. Oh, I'm going to guess, and this is a long shot, um, does it go as far back as Woodson? Dar- uh, uh, Charles Woodson, 1999 for the Big Blue. Yep, yep, got it. Yeah, <laughs> so maybe Aiden Hutchinson becomes the second defensive player and the second defensive player from Michigan to win the Heisman Trophy. Do you know the only defensive player in the Super Bowl era to win MVP in the NFL? I'll give you one hint. Cocaine. It's, oh, it's not Dion. Nah. nah. Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor, that's right. LT. Oh, yeah. I, I think, don't know I think how it was did. 86 or 87 NFL uh, MVP. I, I didn't even. I, I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, who? Uh, <laughs> all right. So, uh, so real quick before we move on to the meat and potatoes of this show, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, to this edition, the 13th edition of Notes by Noak Season 3, or 12th edition, sorry, 12th edition of Notes by Noak Season 3. Golly, I got to get my numbers right. Um, 
So King and Drake um, went viral not only for the injury he sustained on Sunday, but also because he believes that after his injury that a specific rule should be changed um, regarding how some defenders tackle below the knees. And Kenyon Drake is out for the rest of the season. This was a result of an injury caused by a defensive player. Uh, me and Kelly looked at the play prior to the show, and I kind of want to get Kelly's thoughts on this because, honestly, I believe when we're talking about Kenyon Drake, he we can't forget the fact that Kenyon Drake always has spurts, and I'm, no dispersions here, but what, what's fact is fact. What has happened has happened. But he has big spurts, and then he ends up injured in the latter part of the season, whether it's been for Arizona, whether it's been for Miami, whether it's been for any team that he's played with, Cleveland, I think. Yeah. So how does this land for you? Fake news. It's unfortunate. Yeah, but you play a full contact sport and you get tackled and things happen. People yeah. roll up on one another. It doesn't look after, you know, reviewing and kind of looking it over between the two of us, doesn't look like there's any, you know, intent or anything you can prove mm -hmm. to throw a flag, right? Right. So, I mean, it's just uh physics of the game, you know? It's unfortunate when you watch anything in slow motion, it looks a lot worse than, you know, it is. Um not much you can do about it, you know? Um it's one thing for a defenseless player, you know, a quarterback, kind of seeing it back in the pocket. I get that. But as a running back, you know, people running full speed, things like this happen. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying fake news. I, you know, uh, all respect to Kenyon Drake. Hate yeah. seeing him get injured, you know, second time now, season ending. But, you know, that's just the game they play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really, it's football. I mean, at the end of the day, it's get the guy down to the ground by any means. Yeah. Of course, within the rules. Right. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of hard. Like you said, it's a full contact sport when you're going 100 miles per hour. It's kind of hard to slow down and just really just pre-calculate how you're going to hit someone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's why you see a lot of shoulder bumps in the NFL now because there's not a lot of guys who's just going to straight up wrap you up. Yeah. Unless it's a linebacker or a defensive end trying to sack a quarterback. But what this kind of reminds me of is the pass interference. Do you remember when once upon a once upon a time ago you could challenge a pass interference? Yeah, that didn't last long. That didn't last long. No, because the, the refs no, never overturned it. Because in, in some ways I agree with that. Because when you everything comes down to speculation, mm -hmm. and you can you know argue every call, it kind of takes away the speed, the flow, and the fun of the game. There is some human error involved, right? There's a big thing. A lot of uh, you know old heads when it comes to baseball. Yeah, they refuse to do the electronic strike zone because there is some human error to that, and pitchers learning how to paint the corners just right, and you, you got to have some of that. And you know the, the the calls go both ways, but when you get down to critiquing and questioning every single call, mm -hmm. at that point, why do you have referees? Just, yeah. just do it all upstairs, everything instant replay, call it down. So, will it get to that point? It feels that way. I mean, because now we're looking at people getting tackled, and you're mad that someone got tackled, or you're mad that someone tackled you in football. Yeah. It's beyond me. Well, and we got about two and a half minutes left on this segment. But real quick, it 
why I love the XFL so much. I'm throwing out an XFL plug for all you listeners. XFL. Uh, it's coming back 2023. I cannot wait. I am ecstatic. Um, but what the XFL was so great at and why I love the XFL is because whenever they threw a penalty flag, there was a small deliberation period. Mm-hmm. And after that, let them play. Yeah. So XFL games range anywhere in between two and a half hours to about two hundred uh, two and two hours and thirty five minutes. Okay. So that's the issue with the NFL. And if you create something else like the flow, messing up the flow, yeah, you're no longer going towards hey, let's call this and move off of it. It's more like all right, we're deliberating about catches. We're deliberating about. Uh, pass interference penalties. We're deliberating about, hey, how did this guy attack? Look at college football. Look at the NBA. The, the, the targeting. The, oh, oh, definitely. I don't want to watch free throws all game. Yeah. Taunting it, 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 in the NFL is terrible. God. Terrible. It's terrible, Ken. It's terrible. Terrible. It's terrible. terrible. It's, hey, why don't you just shut up over there, Shane? Why don't you shut up over there, Chuck? I don't even want to listen to you right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that was good, Shaq, right there. Um, can but you, but yeah. Can you cross your eyes for me a little bit? There it is. <laughs> look, 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 Chuck. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it right now, Chuck. My son's reach for the LSU. But yeah, man. Like I, I really think that you know, rules are good. Structure is great. But when you start making rules for things that necessarily don't require rules, um, it definitely messes up the flow of the overall game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I really and truly think that it, it's unfortunate what happened to Ken Drake. Um, you actually kind of changed my changed the way I saw it before um, because I actually got to see more of the play. But really, it's just a foot. It's it's football. It, it happens. It's unfortunate, but it's not illegal. It's not penalty yeah. worthy. It's just bad luck of the draw. I mean, the same yeah. thing could be said for Dax injury when he broke his leg. I mean. <sighs> That was gruesome. Mm-hmm. That was terrible. We can talk about it now because he's got two working legs. And he's yeah, good. But. Yeah, it, it hurt my heart to see my, my quarterback. That's my quarterback. <laughs> hurt my heart to see my quarterback like that. Every, uh, time, every time I eat popcorn now, I think about T.O. He ruined popcorn for me. Oh, man, I love it. <laughs> T- but, dog, T.O. was a great cowboy. I'm sorry. you. Nobody can deny it. As somebody that you love when he's on your team, any other team, you hate him. <laughs> you hate him. I remember we played for the Eagles. I hated him. I hated him. And the Niners. Yeah. Oh, and, the, well, we didn't have to see him much with the Niners. We just had to see him a lot with the Eagles for yeah. two, three years. And that, that, that was too much. It was too much. That's enough. That is enough. All right, so let's go ahead and dive into the meat and potatoes of this show. This episode specifically is called Millions or Loyalty. I put over, it's or loyalty question mark. Millions or loyalty. And the reason why I put the question mark there is because when we're talking about college football, K-Dot, it's kind of hard to direct to – the, uh, I can't speak right now. I'm tongue tied. Use your words. Use your words. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! To separate guys, hold on. What's that? He's loading. <laughs> He's loading. He's loading. He's buffering right now. And we're back. <laughs> but it's kind of hard to separate the you know the two. So, I, these coaches have a right to say, "Hey, I want to go." And 
take a better opportunity and make a better opportunity or get a better opportunity for my family, per se, right? Just like these college students do. But at a point, when does millions become more important than loyalty? Immediately. <laughs> Immediately. I'm glad you came through for with that. Every extra zero you added that check, loyalty to who? What kind of good old boy bullshit is that? Yeah. Like, unless it's your alma mater or your kids or wife like the town you're living in, the only person you're loyal to is number one, your immediate family, right? Yeah. That's it. So... And these kids come and go. So you're not loyal to the kids either. Yeah. You know, you get a recruiting class. They're gone in for a couple of years. Loyalty? Your best talent's going to sit out their junior year so they can go to the draft early. There's no loyalty here. It's yeah. all a matter of money, right? So, I mean, maybe loyal to a culture, but, I mean, what, 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 you don't owe anybody anything as a coach, right? What to mm -hmm. the boosters? So when it comes down to uh, Lincoln and Kelly making the moves they did, who can possibly blame them? Furthermore, Oklahoma or Southern California? It's, I mean, as far as just, like, you know, quality of life and where you live, like, I mean, it's a no-brainer. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Would you rather be on a beach in L.A. or in a barn, uh, a ranch-style home? Well, and let me go and say, Oklahoma, you know, all offense, all offense intended there. Um, oh, thank you. Please. Yeah, so. <laughs> please. Do. I got A&M and A&O covered. All right. Good night. I'm there out. we go. Good night. <laughs> all right. That's it for this week. <laughs> Got to figure out a way to plug those in real quick. We're yeah. Good. We're good. I mean, I, I don't have an issue with why Riley left. I have an issue with the way he did leave. And I, I'm going to be kind here. I'm going to be kind to our friends across the Red River here. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, most of the time they're not. Yeah. But I'm going to be kind. Um, He, he definitely – he should have handled it a little bit better because when they asked him, hey, how soon did this thing come together? He said, oh, it, it literally happened right after the Big 12 championship game. Ah, oh, give me a break. Give me a break. A phone call talking about millions does not take five hours to discuss. Honestly, in my opinion, especially how this thing works as a business, your agent has to be in constant communication with the AD, trying to negotiate something. Okay, but are, are, are you that upset with the white lie? That's the answer you're supposed to give. I'm not upset with the white lie, but these kids also, I mean, just look at the slew of kids that are transferring out of Oklahoma University. I love it. I love it. Okay, on the same but, token, do these kids come to Lincoln and let him know, like, hey, by the way, I'm dipping out before my senior year? Did they give him that courtesy? Nah. They, they don't. So, so, but but also, they're skinning, there's also – so, number one – I think Riley has more skin in the game. And what I mean by that is you have recruits that believe that you are going there. What? So there was a quarterback recruit, Malachi Nelson, I believe. He opted out of going to Oklahoma because he wanted to go with Lincoln Riley. You are going to have players like that. There's nothing wrong with that. But what about your other recruits? What about the other people that you recruited by name to come to Oklahoma? They don't have spots out at USC. So you take away the benefit of them being able to play for the coach that they want to be able to play for and them saying, no, I want to go pursue a professional career are two different things. But at the end of the day, he's still got on the exposure of going to a very prestigious program, not as prestigious as UT, but a very prestigious <laughs> program and he got them a spot, right? Whether he's there or not, he got them in the door, right? Yeah. He picked them hand-selected, and they got a spot now. 
Yeah. So whether he's there or not, he did his part. I agree. I I, I do agree. I I agree. But there, also, there's a way to do things. I I, I believe. And, but but also, why you gotta tell a white lie? You're out of there. If you're out of there, you can tell the truth. Who cares? It's the nice thing to do. Ah. Did, did, did you see his conference they had? The it most, was terrible. The most awkward. It was cringeworthy, it was, yo. Oh, man. I was like, yo, he should have stayed in Norman. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, like, yo, y'all are weird out here in he's, L.A. He's like, man, even rednecks will pull shit like this. Like, what is going on? <laughs> like, well, you know what? I believe Lincoln Riley is going to fit in well in uh, California because uh, you saw that Easter brisket he made in April. No. Oh, dude, it was burnt, like dry, like leather. Yeah, he's going to fit in well in L.A. Yeah. He's going to fit in very well with the vegans. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, L.A. L.A. Aliens. Um, he doesn't like me because he can't cook it right. <laughs> well, he's uh, – well, it. well, also, here's another thing. What's going to happen to this Oklahoma program? I think this Oklahoma program is in store for a – Slow start under Brent Venables. They went from Stoops to Lincoln Riley seamlessly. Yeah, this is not seamless. Stoops is a great coach, but they'll bounce back. I mean, they have the notoriety. Furthermore, they're going to the SEC soon. Mm. So, I think you let the new coach kind of help with the transition, maybe wrap up their uh, remaining years in the Big 12, but they'll get the talent. It's just a matter of time. Do I sound like a hater when I say that I don't believe that? Not at all. No, no, no. If you said, if you said, I hope that's not true. Yeah. Or <laughs> that would be a hater. Yeah. Right. But <laughs> I, you don't have to believe it. You just can't root for it. Right. Like, like I, I feel like they'll they'll come back around full circle. But I mean, on the same token, they were actually blessed to have you know go from one good coach to the next. Yeah. It doesn't happen that often. Look at the amount of bad hires. I wouldn't say bad hires. Unsuccessful hires. UT's had consecutively. That's true, but. I believe that it was all best available hires with Strong. That was best available. I don't think they could have got anything better at that time. Also, right. Tom Herman as well was best available. Matt Maybe. Campbell wasn't there. Like Nobody was there for the picking. Major Applewhite doesn't have the best head coaching uh, record. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's nobody who they could have said, hey, after Mac retired, come take this mantle. It was just yeah, nobody. And, and honestly, Mac Brown wasn't that great of a coach. I'll say it. Mm. They won that championship in spite of him, not because of him. That team is loaded with NFL talent. I don't know if I agree Vince with Yang that. Vince put it on his back. Now, he, had, he had a lot of other talent in other years, and the in all of his tenure, he got one ring to show for it. And they had the recruits there for a while. Is he good? Yes. But I think Stoops is a better coach. I think Stoops is definitely a better coach than Mac Brown, 100%. Because who's coaching and who's not right now? Who went into the College Football Hall of Fame and who, who's not? Yeah. I, I mean – Stoops is definitely better than Mac Brown. More national championships than I believe uh, than him. No, he, they actually both have one. Um, I think. Well, Stoops has won the Big Twelve more than Mac Brown did. Yeah, heads up or heads up. He's, he made, made, uh, Mac Brown is bitch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Stoops has definitely been like that guy. But I, I don't know, man. So when I look at and the reason why I disagree about OU just coming back. Like, instantly. OU, for the past five, six years, has been the place where Heisman or transfer quarterbacks go to win a Heisman. 
Yeah. Think about Baker Mayfield. Who was there to to put that in place, to implement that type of culture? Lincoln Riley. So when you put a Venables there, you may not get the best quarterback to play for your team. You see what I'm saying? Each and every year, the Oklahoma was good. They had the best quarterback in the Big 12. I don't think the oh, – oh, in the Big 12, okay. Yeah. And the thing is – It's it, all about the Big 12 right now because that's all we can really play within is the conference. And it's not necessarily even the best quarterback. It's the best utilization of a already good quarterback. They were not being used correctly. I mean, is Baker the best quarterback in the Big 12 at the time? That's debatable. He had he the was. best season. Yeah. He was. There there was nobody close. No, Texas definitely didn't have anyone no, close. No, no, Sam no. was just getting to that point to where we were like, okay, Sam's going to be great. But so, so Sam's one of those like, hey, so you play quarterback? I mean, I can. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like quarterback bootleg on fourth and one. Yeah, I'm your guy. I got you. It's like, <laughs> God damn, Herman, why you keep on doing that? That That's what grinding my gears about Herman. But I digress. But I, I just – when you look at Oklahoma, and Venables is a good defensive co- coach. He's a defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. He could get the best defensive player in the Big 12, 100%. But when you don't have a quarterback, we saw it with Texas. We saw it with a number of different programs in college football. When you don't have a quarterback, it doesn't matter what type of coach you are. It doesn't matter what system and scheme and culture you bring. If you don't have a quarterback, you're not going to be good. That's what happened with Texas today, uh, this year. Yeah. Texas, and, and the problem with with Texas is that we never have a next man up in the quarterback room. We haven't. Since Chris Sims to Vince Young, it was it, seamlessly, like you said. In the 2000s, oh, Chris Sims before that, Major Applewhite. Yep. Chris Sims, Vince Young. Colt McCoy. Yeah. After that, what? Nothing. Nothing. And then it took us seven seven years to get to Sam. And Sam's not the guy. He's not that he he he's, in he, my opinion, he he, he's he right. captured the identity of the Texas football program, which is what our great quarterbacks have done. But the I, team around him wasn't that great. Identity of the program meaning underachieving and only winning eight games? That's what he becomes. The yeah. identity is so far removed at this point. I mean, Colt, I, I, I'm still mad about Colt because I hate nothing more than the what if, right? Yeah. If, oh, Colt's, if Colt's not hurt, did we win that game? We won a national I, championship well, game. We, we were up 14 nothing. Even if we don't, I want to see it play out. Yeah. Man. Man, if we can – I wish there was like a college football uh, Disney Plus series called What If, what if in College Football. That would be great. That would be amazing. Put it together, Disney. Kevin Feige. <laughs> pros, too. Yeah, pros, too. That w- what if Kevin Dyson got one more inch and won the Super Bowl for the Tennessee Titans? And then Kurt Warner never gets a uh, Super Bowl, and he's probably not having a movie made about him right now. Yep, exactly. Yep, yep. yep. A lot of what ifs there. De- definitely. Biggest definitely. what if of all time is still Bo Jackson. Because we saw what he could do, but just a taste of it. Imagine oh, yeah. him playing in either league for a decade. Oh, dude, he, he would have been phenomenal. 100%. Terrifying. Um, so we talked about Lincoln Riley's departure. Brian Kelly's departure had to be one of the most awkward departures I've ever seen in college football. The the most awkward. Like, not only did he leave via text, he texted his players like, "Yo, bro, I'm out." 
<laughs> the only thing worse is like ghosting them. Just like just not showing up to work one day. And yeah. You find out, like, like, bro, where did he go? But also he put on that fake country accent at the basketball game when he was introduced. Did you see that? Yeah. It was bad. I mean, that's like it, it like we're from the south. You know, if you go up north, they'll probably be like, yo, you you have a accent and yeah. it's strong. That's not it. No. That's not the accent we have. What's up, y'all? <laughs> Me and my family. It's like, what movie are you watching? Yeah. You get like a season two of Duck Dynasty and use that? Like, fuck out of here. I don't know. It's like he dug up research on Baton Rouge, Louisiana as quick as he could. I mean, and just started, hey, y'all, I'm so happy to be here. It's like, bro, that's not how we talk. That's not how Southern folks talk. Well, okay, what's more difficult to follow along with, though? Him trying to pull off a Southern accent or uh, Ed's actual accent? That dude was hard to understand. That's a coon ass. That's like from the deep swamps. Go Tigers. (laughs) Go Tigers. That guy was born to be a coach for LSU at least at some uh, point dude. in his life. Yeah, for real. It's like That's... any reporter, he's, they say, so, Coach Orgeron, what did you think about that come from behind victory? Go Tigers. <laughs> Go Tigers. Man. But, I mean, what? so Brian Kelly going to LSU, though, what, what does that really mean for this program? I mean, I think it definitely, I mean, despite the bad, you know, country accent, I think it actually does, it, it, it will pay dividends for their recruiting. I honestly do. I, I think that they'll start to reel in more players. I mean, especially with the NIL deals. Look, for for what it is worth, Brian Kelly took two of his teams to the college football playoffs at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. He's a winning head coach. He wins about 10 to 11 games a year. And he's bringing that to LSU. Honestly, I'm curious, though, because are his stats in any way skewed? By that, I mean Notre Dame plays no one. On a regular basis, they play no one. I'm not saying he's not a good coach. What I'm saying is we'll see how good he is in the SEC. It's good to be a big fish in a small pond. That's great. That's fun. You know, Central Florida, Cincinnati, guys like that, you know, go undefeated for a season. That's great. Yeah. Can he hold it up in the SEC? So I'm curious how this plays out. I mean, you're right. He's going to bring recruits because it is a name. Yeah. Because whether they're good or not, Notre Dame, because of Rudy, will always be prestigious for whatever reason. Rudy <laughs> is the worst football movie ever. I hate it. I don't like Rudy worst, whatsoever. Worst? Ooh, wait, what? Man, you hate what? I don't like Rudy, bro. It's better than Invincible. Yes, it's better it's than Invincible. It's yeah. not the worst ever. Yeah, He's, yeah. yeah. I, I just can't. Rudy, uh, he gets one sack. One sack. What one measly sack. I mean, it's more than we got. Hey, I got a few in high school. I played. I played football. So We're talking no. Notre Dame. Yeah, you're right. But, <laughs> okay, what's the best football movie of all time? Oh, no. Uh, Friday Night Lights, 100%. Oh, no, 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 no. Any given Sunday. That's the most real. Yeah, that that's movie gets the dark. Real. That movie is great. That movie is great. Um, so you're taking both of those over Little Giants. I love Little Giants. There it is. Yeah, it's probably yeah, it's definitely top top three. Annexation of Puerto Rico. <laughs> <laughs> so get this, uh, Brian Kelly actually had stints 
at uh, Grand Valley State, and then he went to Central Michigan, then he went to Cincinnati, and then he went to Notre Dame. Get this. In each of his stops, he's made his teams much better. Nine and three, first year at Grand Valley State. Last year at Grand Valley State, nine and three. Uh, let's see. Central Michigan started four and seven, left nine and four. Cincinnati was the interim head coach, one and zero. Oh. And then at Cincinnati, he only lost six games, thirty-four and six. And then you go to Notre Dame. 92 and 39. 92 and 39. That's not bad. Mm -mm. That's not bad at all. So what LSU is getting, they're getting a coach who knows how to build a winning culture. And like I said, despite how he left, even with Lincoln Riley, I mean, if you you ask me, if, if you really ask me, which job is going to be harder? I think Riley's is going to be a little bit harder. Mm, I disagree for one reason. The expectations are lower. The SEC, they expect you to win and win now. SC hasn't been good since Pete Carroll was there. Yeah. They haven't been prominent. They haven't in no way been a factor. Had moments here and there, sure. But um, I think anything is better than what they've been dealing with previously. So I think... Because you can come in and you can see, you know, immediate and dramatic improvement, that's an easier gig. Whereas LSU was a national champion two years ago. So mediocrity will not be in any way tolerated in LSU. Whereas USC, ah, win this eight games, it's a good start, right? You know, a couple of years you have time to kind of work through that. And also, I think they understand too with his style of offense, the amount of recruits you have coming out of California, these guys – Position players are going to want to play for someone like Lincoln Riley. Yeah. Quarterbacks, receivers, backs. It's going to be a fast, high-octane offense, very reminiscent of uh, Urban Meyer's Gators back in the day, where you had like five guys on uh, one side of the ball. Percy they, Harvin. They, they ran a 4-3 or Aaron better. Aaron Hernandez. The guys were fast. Yeah. And, like, I, I think you see that, you know, you'll see that kind of recreated in, uh, at SC. It also makes me curious, too, with the move, what's going on with the uh, – with the uh, that conference, are they going to try and do a rebuild and you know kind of beef up a bit? Because why would you walk away from the SEC knowing the amount of money, notoriety, exposure you're about to get? There's got to be something else going because I think they have to compete in some ways with the SEC. The Big Twelve, I don't think, it has much longer. No, nah, the Big Twelve is going to be fine. I, I think they got their their schools that they need to sustain what they have. I don't think it's going to like grow. Like I think the expectation for the Big Twelve is going to drop immensely. Yeah. And I think most of that is going to be focused on the SEC where we will see a 12-team playoff eventually, mm-hmm. a 12-team playoff, and you'll have a medley of teams. And I, and I really think this is how it's going to go. I think SEC, then I think Big Ten. Then after Big Ten, depending on how well the ACC can be and the Pac-12 can be, they'll be the third option, and the Big 12 will be more like a, a, a group of five. Yeah. No longer a power five because they don't really have, I hate to say it, the household names besides Cincinnati. I mean, if Cincinnati wins the national championship this year, that's the only team that they will have. The, the fact that they're even in it 
the amount of money that's going to generate for the school and recruiting going forward, this is huge for yeah. Cincinnati. Yeah. They can go and get blown out. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They're put on that yeah. stage now. This is going to speak volumes for them. Yeah. I, I, honestly, I'm happy for them. Um, but as far as the, 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 the Big 12 and how that plays out, I'm, I'm kind of curious if they are still in any way legitimate. Um. Yeah, maybe part of the uh, the Big Five. I I, I don't know though. I, I'm honestly curious if it dissolves because you. I mean, you lost your three biggest uh, uh, candidates as far as revenue. Yeah, that's true. A and M was gone first, and then you lost Texas, and you're losing Oklahoma. What too. do you, What do you build from now? You know what Baylor? I don't. It's. I mean, let's not get it twisted. Baylor, um, football, basketball, they're good for the Big Twelve. Brittany Griner, RG three. They put out some. They've put out some athletes. They have won some Big Twelve championships, at least in Big Twelve. Uh, excuse me, in basketball. Uh, most recently in football, I think the last time that they did, or it was this year. Um, yeah. So I mean, they won the Big Twelve this year, and then the last time they did it was RG3. with RG. Yeah, RG three. So, um, I, I I don't by any means think that the Big Twelve is going anywhere. I just think that the significance of them being a power five conference is going to drop dramatically because of how loaded the sec will be It's 16 teams. And, and even your other uh, conferences have some, at least some top heavy. Sure. Yeah. But it has some reputable schools. I mean, the PAC 12 does have USC ACC has Florida state and uh, Clemson. So whether the conference as a whole, isn't that solid. They have at least, you know, like big money makers. Yeah. UT and OU leaving, like, who's in charge now? Yeah, it's – I mean, Baylor would be the top probably. Um, West Virginia has their moments. Yeah, they do, but – See, exactly. Like, all, yeah. the, all the teams, the face you made, like, eh. Like, yeah. every team in that conference is like, eh, I mean, yeah. That's why I say they're more a group of five now. I mean, yeah. again, the importance of winning the conference for the Big 12 isn't – will never be – will never have or carry the importance of winning the SEC once Texas and OU gets to the SEC because of how loaded that conference is. So, I mean, I, it, it will be viable, but it's not going to be like CFP viable. It's right. going to be all right. They're going to make their coins. They're going to be okay. But competing for a national championship, mm-hmm. unless you are Cincinnati, not going to happen. Because now that Cincinnati has made it into the playoff, they are a program to look out for in the future. Yeah. You know, so now that they have done that, the CFP committee is going to be like, yo, if, they, if they're if they good, hey, why not consider Cincinnati? You know, versus SMU who's undefeated or whatever it may be, hypothetically speaking, by the way. It, you know, they're not going to get any nods or any consideration. So, um Honestly, I just think the Big 12 is going is going to be good. So, honestly, Kelly, this this offseason or going in, going into the offseason in my opinion has been one of the most busiest offseasons leading into bowl season. And I got to say, it it's creating a ton of storylines of a, a ton of parody is giving us moments of shock and awe is doing things to me as a college football fan that I have not felt in a very, very, very long time. And I truly love, I mean, despite how they left, I just love the moves that are being made Yeah, because now it's not just, 
it's 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 shaping what college football will be in the future. Like before, it was kind of transposed each and every year, right? You had Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, uh, a fourth, Oklahoma. And yeah. then it would be Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, uh, Georgia. You know, it's like it, it's, it, it, it was so repetitive. And it, it got old over time. It feels like in a lot of ways, because you, you can't really compare players. They have such a short shelf life yeah. in the CAA. So players being moved, we don't really notice as much. Usually it's a backup wanting to go somewhere else to start. Like Baker Mayfield, we didn't know he left Texas Tech. Really paying attention until now he's a stud at you know Oklahoma and winning the Heisman. So the best thing to compare it to is looking back at like remember when Kevin Durant went to the Warriors? Oh, dude! Everyone lost their damn minds. Yeah, right? everybody so went crazy. Th- that's the magnitude of this. Yeah, right. That kind of or Tom Brady going to the Bucks. The Bucks. Yeah, that was a big moment. These too. are very high profile coaches at very high profile and prominent successful programs going to another equally or even more successful program. Yeah. So I mean it's. One thing you look, you know, your first thought is, ah, oh, it's just a coach. But coaches run the show in college. Run the show. Make the most money, too. They're the constant. Players mm-hmm. come and go. And, I mean, end of the day, until Nick Saban's <laughs> retired, everyone's playing for second place, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's going to be tough uh, for any coach to really just take take the seat of uh, or, or the throne <clears throat> that Nick Saban currently holds right now. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I love it. And, honestly – the only thing I don't like about all this movement is the transfer portal. I think they need to, t- like, tighten that up a little bit more. Yeah. You know, because um, it – I mean, players should have the freedom to go wherever they want to go. But you can't just stop in the middle of the season and be like, I'm going into a transfer portal. That's where it gets tricky because you cannot treat student athletes different than regular students. Because this, that's if, true. If you look at it like, hey, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I want to go be a lawyer. That's a solid they have point. a better school over there. Yeah, yeah. So when you start doing that, then it starts to interfere with the fact that they're going to college. This is not a business. Yeah. They can do whatever they want because they, at the end of the day, scholarship or not, are paying, whether it be their physical attributes as an athlete mm-hmm. or money out of pocket to go to that school. So they should be able to come and go as they please. Yeah. You got a point there. I, I have to I have to accept that you do have a point. I will say. Can you imagine though, like if you were like you know in school and wanted to, like I want to drop this and go to another school, and they said no because well student athletes can't do it neither can you. Yeah. It's like well okay so now it becomes more of a business than they live. Well, it is a business. Not not for the students though. I, I mean not for the students, but I mean they invest in the business, so they pay for tickets, they pay for parking, uh, at least with their tuition or whatever it may be. I mean, the students understand that this is a business. That's why they are okay with the fact that student athletes are held up on a little bit higher of a pedestal than they are. But but as long as I'm paying you to go to school there yeah. and doing you justice by performing as an athlete, you don't tell me when I can come and go. I don't know, man. Uh-uh. <laughs> I, I'm like... If you want to, you negotiate. need to finish out the season. If you if you start just like a student, right? You want to keep things fair. If you were to enroll, you started out the fall semester as yeah. a student athlete. You should have to compete the entirety of the regular season. You can't just leave. Are you paying me? Are you paying me? Well, nil deals is not exact payroll but, from the college. But, but you tell me I can't leave. Are you paying me? No, I'm paying you, right? Yeah. And you tell me I can't leave. In what world? Nah. I mean, honestly, <laughs> hey, that 
I guess I'm just old school. Well, it, it is a matter of right and wrong. Going back to the loyalty we discussed previously, yeah. sure. But in 1819, like, and looking at for number one, True. rest of your future. Like, I, I, I mean, it, it's it, the name of the game is tape film. You you want to you want to go past this level, right? So I mean, commitment is everything. You know what I'm saying? Commitment is everything. Actually, what's the word that they use when they announce what school they're going to? I'm committed. So if you're committed, you're committed to the fulfillment of this season. Mm-hmm. I don't have an issue with you leaving after this season if that's what you want to do. But if you're suiting up, you need to finish out. What I can't bring in another player that quick and play. So how can you leave so quickly and leave me with what? Five people at your position? I mean, yeah, you recruit all these players, but what is the true depth? I mean, you got to think about but some red shirt players too. That's a you problem, not a me problem. That's true. That I mean, I love I, the rebuttal. As, <laughs> as a coach, as a coach, you're getting paid what eight million a year? Yeah. Figure it out. <laughs> I'm gonna go play football. That's true. <laughs> that that is true. You, you, I mean, you get paid to make decisions and strategize. You literally get paid to recruit a team. Yeah, that's your job. So you figure it out with your eight million salary. I'm taking my broke ass up the street to play for a better program. I prefer the bowl opt outs over players being able to enter the transfer portal in the middle of the season. In the bowl opt out, I think really became more prominent. Who is it? Um, Leonard Fournette. Uh, he was the first one to say, "I'm not doing it." But wasn't that in light of Jalen Smith? Jalen Smith. After Jalen Smith, the year before that, in, yeah. In the bowl game. Yep. Yep, wrecked his knee. Mm-hmm. And Leonard Fournette was like, nope, and he took out a uh, insurance policy. Yeah. Right before he declared for the draft. And wasn't it um, Portis, too, was a bowl game when Portis wrecked his knee? Oh, yeah, Portis was a bowl game. Yeah. It, it definitely was a bowl. Oh, Clinton Portis, that dude was cold. Yeah, he was. Uh, I mean, that, that, that Broncos backfield for years. was My crazy. Shanahan will grab any dude off the street and get 1,000 yards out of him. That's Didn't so matter. true, bro. That's so true. But, yeah, man, uh, it's when it comes, I, I I honestly prefer a player to say, all right. I mean, be, because the bowl is making money. Everybody's making money, but the player. Right. In a transfer situation, this isn't about money. There is a personal decision. There is a there is something personal going on with you and whoever it may be. Your positional coach, your head coach, your offensive coordinator, your defensive coordinator, somebody. There is some type of issue that is that is taking place. For you to say, all right, I want to leave in the middle of the season. Joshua Moore, prime example for Texas. Mm-hmm. Reports came out. Him and Sark were butting heads in practice. Then he says, no, me and Joshua Moore are good. Come Saturday, Joshua Moore plays. He has like four drops. Next thing you know, the following week, Joshua Moore is like, I'm done. I'm transferring. Transferring. Like, what? Where? Here's my question. This, this is all I'm thinking about. This is for these kids out here that want to play college football or want to play football. Where mm-hmm. is your dedication? Where is your – where are your – I don't want to say this. Commitments. Where Your commitments. Where are your family jewels, bro? Like, times get hard, you want to pack up and leave? No, finish out, get your credits, transfer at the end of the semester. What's so hard about that? You'll still be able to enroll – on time for the spring and play spring ball. There's no cons to it. Okay. End of the day, though, you want what's best for you and your career, right? That's true. If your coach is a dick and you guys aren't seeing eye to eye, 
There are thousands more in this country and schools everywhere. Why wouldn't you just cut ties and go to the next? But like my mom used to say, there's always one wherever you go. It does not matter. But, but you don't have to deal with that. You have options. Man, I'm sorry. These college coaches, I don't think that these – well, some. There's been some recent reports about one college coach. I, I, I don't want to really quote anything about it because I haven't really read into it, but I just read the headline and some of the sub. Uh, but most college coaches aren't really there to antagonize you. They're not there – like high school coaches are completely different from college coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, college coaches want to get the best out of you. They may cuss you out. They may say some stuff. But it's never to a point to where they're attacking you personally. Right. They want to see the best come out of you. So it's not my fault. It shouldn't be the coach's fault that the players get butt hurt over something that is said and makes them feel all moody and want them and they want to leave. Like, where where's your level of commitment? I see your thing is you're upset kids being soft. At the end of the day. That's soft. Kobe. Soft. But why are they in any way obligated to stay? Why are they obligated? They aren't obligated, but also you're obligated to your teammates. That's that's team one on one. You you played this sport. You aren't there yet. You have not made it. You are not in the NFL. Until you are not, if you are not in the NFL, you better be a prime example. Tate Martell, mm-hmm. number one. High school recruit, I believe 2016-2017. Yep. Hasn't touched the field. Why? Commitment issues. There's a number of players who get too far ahead of themselves and end up regretting the decisions that they do to put them in this position to where they can't do what they love anymore. You transfer a lot. You may not play. Because, honestly, you're older. You're a year older. I have this young kid I just recruited, fresh legs, excited about this opportunity. I'm going to start him. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm off my soapbox. (laughs) That's just my – that's my – I love the movement. I love the movement. Don't get me wrong. Some players have to go. Some players need to go somewhere. Yeah. But not in the middle – not in the middle of the season. It could be before the bowl game. I don't care about the bowl. There's too many bowl games as is already. I don't care about the bowl game. Question, are coaches allowed to cut players midseason? No. No? I don't think so, unless it's academically. Not in college. You can't get cut in in um, in college football like that. That was an honest question. I know the answer to. Yeah, I, I really feel like they can't just cut you unless it's acad- for academic performance. They can't say, you're no good, son. Go home. Like, unless you're a walk-on. In that case, yeah. I mean, that's just three minutes, Kelly. Three minutes, K-Dot. Three minutes left? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. We're getting pretty close to the end of the show, man. It's crazy. Actually. That was quick. It was. But what do they say? They say when you're having fun or time goes by fast when you're having fun. I was about to completely butcher that. All right. Find that out for me, because I am interested. We got we got about four, four and a half minutes. We're good. We're good. We're good. Okay. Because I, I do, I'm interested. Because I don't believe that you can get cut unless you are a walk-on and you're trying to earn a spot. Even in the event that you are a walk-on, because I walked on at Navarro, it was a class on my schedule. Well, you can be cut for injuries, injuries. not playing well, 
or just bad luck being around a coaching change. So if you change coaches, the coach can come in and cut the players. So that changes things. Well, if, it doesn't if, necessarily change things. If you can come in and cut me, I should be able to quit whenever I want. That's, but that, but that, that, that becomes a two-way street but, now. But how often does a coach come in in the middle of a season and cut players? It doesn't happen. Nick Saban would. If you're not, it, but, but it, if you're not getting with the program, gone. Lincoln Riley, his first thing, if he would have came in October, what I'm saying is in October, in the middle of the season, a coach cannot come in and say, bye. They can I just found it, Chris. Okay, you found it. Uh, I give up. Still. Thanks, Google. Still, if you're good enough, you're not getting cut. That's a walk-on player status. Starting players, players who have enough to to go into a transfer portal, they have to be good. So now there's a discrepancy. So now you're deciding between (laughs) walk-ons or stars. Equal treatment, Jay. Student athletes. This student athlete. It's not a business yet. I'm asking the question. You walked in that one. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. Great conversation. (laughs) Hey, man, you know what? Being able to talk college football is always fun. This is is our point exactly. This is what what it creates. All the movement creates. It creates a bevy of discussion. Yes. So, you know, we can have, you know, fun banter, fun uh, debate about these college football uh, topics. So, I mean – Hey, man, I'm happy. I'm just happy that we have some parity. We have some variety in college football again. Yep. Uh, I mean, it, it's great. Uh, so before we get out of here, we we wanted to do our uh, fantasy football rankings. And uh, here's how it goes. So number one, Lamb Chops is in first place with ten, with a 10-3 and three record. Oof. Number two. My beautiful brown sugar, my beautiful bride, Amber Renee Noakes, sitting at the second spot with a 9-4 and four record. Okay. okay. Then at the third spot, the fantasy football team with an 8-5 and five record. Let lazy-ass names steal. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they didn't hear it. Man. Um, and yours truly is in the fourth spot with an 8-5 record. And then my favorite team name at the fifth spot, Country Roads, take my home, sitting at eight and five. And then at the sixth spot, by the way, we'll get to it in a minute. AP's favorite team name, Half Chub. (laughs) She's not here to chuckle. Uh, Seven and six at the sixth spot. Number seven, uh, taking out the Trask. Seven and six at the seventh spot. Uh, Jack's Genius Team at the eighth spot. Six and seven. At the ninth spot, we got the Jalen Hurts sitting at six and seven. Then at the uh, tenth spot, we got Zach's crazy team sitting at four and nine. And then at the eleventh spot, we have Dak to the future sitting at uh, three and ten. Also, uh, if me or my wife wins this fantasy football league, all proceeds go to the family of uh, Josh Davis. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah. Josh. Uh, before we get out of here, we got to give a major shout out. To the one and only producer, the birthday AP. Girl. AP, happy birthday. We miss you here in the studio. And uh, we hope that you're turning up, uh, hitting that swag surf. You know, you know she's a fan of the uh, of the swag surf. Kelly, you got any uh, anything for AP? Don't forget to drink water. Hydrate. Tomorrow's going to be hell. <laughs> you're not 21. <laughs> it's going to hurt. <laughs> uh, one more thing. Yeah. Two, rather. One, uh, 
Rest in peace to Demarius Thomas. Yes, rest in peace to Demarius. Very unfortunate, unexpected, 33 years old, yeah. too young, Bronco Nation. Uh, cheers to you guys tonight. Um, also, Steph Curry is about to break Ray Allen's record for three-pointers all time. Oh, man. In less than 900 games, Ray hit that record in 1,300 games. It's baffling. and It's more baffling than the stat itself. As I saw something, he needs 10 to break it, right? Mm-hmm. As you see that stat, your first thought is, he might get it next game. The idea that you understand this dude might drop 10 threes in a game, is but knowing he'll get it in the next two is baffling. It, so it's ridiculous. By the time next week, Steph will be the all-time uh, champion when it comes to three-pointers. So very exciting. Man, man. Nice little uh, tidbits to end the show. If you haven't done so, please uh, give us a follow on all uh, platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. And also uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. This show will be posted there first thing, um, 10 a.m. on Saturday morning. We appreciate you guys. Also, big time shout out to A to Z for skin and hair. Please give them a call at 469-674-5567. Once again, that's 469-674-5567. And tell them the crew at Notes by Notes sent you much love to you all the holidays are approaching next week we have a full crew back in the stew say swear say swear 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 what (laughs) (laughs) we have a full staff here at the studio next week for our christmas edition of notes by notes we appreciate you guys also big time shout out to my homie isaac miller for providing the voiceover for the introduction we appreciate you bro hey we are out of here people we will see you guys next week for the 13th episode of notes by notes we are out peace peace